Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetaBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of adrenal crisis found under the endocrine section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 26-year-old woman is brought to the emergency room after collapsing at her workplace. Per her co-worker, the patient caught a cold yesterday and was complaining of a headache all day. The co-worker mentions that she stopped taking her medication for her rheumatoid arthritis because of this. Her temperature is 103 degrees Fahrenheit, or 39.4 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 86 over 54. Pulse is 124 beats per minute, and respirations are 12 breaths per minute. A physical exam demonstrates an unconscious patient with a positive Brzezinski sign. This is a case of an infection-induced adrenal crisis. Let's continue with an introduction to adrenal crisis. Clinically, this is defined as an acute, life-threatening medical emergency characterized by the loss of adrenal function. For example, there will be low levels of cortisol. In terms of the epidemiology, this most commonly occurs in patients with primary adrenal insufficiency due to the characteristic volume depletion and hypotension resulting mainly from mineral corticoid deficiency. Risk factors include primary adrenal insufficiency and chronic glucocorticoid use. In terms of the pathogenesis, there is always an acute stressor or cause of adrenal insufficiency in patients with adrenal crisis. In chronic primary adrenal insufficiency, this will occur in patients with serious infection or other major stress, such as a surgery. There may be insufficient dosing of glucocorticoids and or mineral corticoids. This may occur in patients with known primary or secondary adrenal insufficiency, and it can be due to insufficient doses, failure to take more glucocorticoids during infection or major illness, and a persistent vomiting or diarrhea leading to decreased absorption. There may be acute glucocorticoid withdrawal. This includes oral and inhaled medications and it occurs in patients who are abruptly withdrawn from glucocorticoid therapy. There can be acute adrenal gland destruction. There may be bilateral hemorrhage, for example, in Waterhouse-Fredrickson syndrome, which is associated with meningococcemia, bilateral infarction, such as in the case of heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, or in the setting of trauma. And there may be acute causes of secondary or tertiary adrenal insufficiency, such as pituitary infarctions. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms may include fever, abdominal or flank pain, anorexia, nausea, or vomiting, confusion or disorientation, severe lethargy, and syncope. On exam, one may note skin and mucosal hyperpigmentation if there is Addison disease present, and there will be hypotension or shock. In terms of further imaging, computed tomography may demonstrate bilateral adrenal injury hemorrhage, or infarction. In terms of further studies, diagnosis is based on clinical presentation and confirmed following initial treatment with an endocrine evaluation. Studies may include a serum cortisol concentration, such as a morning serum cortisol. This is the best initial test, and remember that low serum cortisol less than 5 micrograms per deciliter strongly suggests adrenal insufficiency. A plasma ACTH concentration and stimulation test is indicated following initial treatment for differentiating the cause of adrenal insufficiency. The levels will vary depending on the type of adrenal insufficiency. A plasma aldosterone and renin levels 
will have low aldosterone levels, but renin levels will vary depending on the cause, and a chemistry panel may demonstrate hyperkalemia and hyponatremia. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about sepsis, with distinguishing factors being that patients will not have the significant electrolyte imbalances seen in adrenal crisis. And with regards to treatment, remember that treatment of patients should not be delayed while diagnostic tests are performed. First-line options include IV fluids. Remember that volume replacement is important as patients are hypovolemic. 1 to 3 liters of 0.9% saline or 5% dextrose in 0.9% saline should take place within the first 12 to 24 hours. Glucocorticoid replacement, such as dexamethasone or hydrocortisone, should also take place. Remember to give an initial bolus, then a maintenance dose of 50 mg every 8 hours. Another option is mineral corticoid replacement. This is not indicated in the acute setting, however, as its effects take several days. Remember that in patients with known primary adrenal insufficiency or significant hyperkalemia, hydrocortisone can be given for its mineral corticoid activity. And finally, complications related to adrenal crisis include coma and death. That's all for this review about adrenal crisis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.